yeah, so you get that real yeah. bassy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does that give you a little bit of uh, confidence when you speak? That's, that's the only place I am confident. <laughs> <in here. laughs> well, I'm Freddie Krabs. I'm Paddy. And I'm Seamus. We are Sticky Fingers, the band from Sydney, Australia. Alright guys, welcome to the next episode of Introducing. How you going? Did you enjoy Hanson? Uh, yeah, we went there. There were some moments in Hanson where I, I was not expecting to talk about anal beads or strip chess with those guys, but it was great to catch up with uh, those boys. And we're going to pivot completely different from Hanson to another boy band, not brothers though. Uh, my old mates, Sticky Fingers from Sydney. Um, Paddy, Freddie Krabs and Seamus will join us in a second. I've got to tell you, though, we are here today thanks to our good friends at Cooper's because before I crack open this, it's the mild ale, the 3.5%. They're our sponsor today. They have been for the last couple of weeks. It's been great having Cooper's on board. Um, they're Australia's oldest independent brewery. You know, yesterday I was actually in Adelaide and we went to the Cooper's Ale House at the airport. I mean, Adelaide's got some cracking bars, but... There's no better than the Cooper's Ale House at the Adelaide Airport. Uh, before we crack into the episode, though, I'm going to give the beer a signature Cooper's roll. There we go. And then I'll do the signature Ooh, can opening. Beautiful. Um, every Cooper's Ale finishes its fermentation in the bottle or can, like I got here. So by giving it the gentle roll, you mix through the flavorful sediment. It's that cloudy deliciousness that turns a great beer into the greatest beer. And let me have a little go. Mm-hmm. I can confirm. Mm. For a, a mild ale, 3.5, it's pretty cracking. Um, let's do Sticky Fingers. Their new album, which I stupidly, as you'll hear in a second, mispronounce. I'm sorry. It's Lecker Boy. Not what I ended up saying. Uh, it was released in April. They caught up with me literally before uh, going off overseas just for some chill-out time in Hawaii. You know, whatever rock stars do. Um, it's great. We talk about everything from the start where they met at the Cooper's Hotel in Newtown right through to me drinking their rider at Bad Friday Festival in Marrickville. I mean, there you go. What more can you want? Sit back and enjoy uh, my chat with Paddy, Freddie Krabs and Seamus from Sticky Fingers. Hello. Hello and welcome. Great to see you guys. Good to see you too, mate. I haven't seen you for a, a little while. I saw you upstairs at uh, a little bottle shop after the Idols gig. Yeah. That was good fun. <laughs> and then we actually thought, we, we've been to actually, you know, when we talked about actually doing this was at the Top Gun premiere. <laughs> <laughs> what a premiere. <laughs> and then, have you seen Top Gun? The new one? I haven't seen the new one yet, no. Oh, my God. Well, Seamus and I like re- just debriefed on it for yeah. about two and a half hours afterwards. And I had my, my American mate with me, remember? Oh, that's right. He was the best. Yeah, he yeah. was like dressed up for the occasion, just saluting everyone. They should everyone. have paid him to be there. Yeah, he looked yeah. good. Now, Leaker Boy is the new album. Um, is it feeling good to be to be out there and, and have a new music out and about? Yeah. Yeah. Wait, Leaker Boy. Leaker yeah. Boy. Leaker Boy, that's what oh, it's called. Oh, my apologies. What, yeah. what did you just call it? Leaker Boy. Leaker Boy. <laughs> That sums us up pretty much, though, doesn't it? <laughs> Leaky beaky. Two E's. Leaky best. Oh, my apologies, guys. I'm sorry. Here I was all thinking I was all cool. No, it's, uh, it's Dutch. You know. Is it? What does it lecker. mean, then? It's tasty, cool. It's kind of like the slang just used for anything, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. mine, lecker. Yeah, lecker. Lecker. Everything's lecker when, yeah, right. when you're in Holland. I like it. Let's go straight to the, the world of Wikipedia and how true this is that who met outside the Cooper's Hotel in Newtown? 
Oh yeah, <laughs> that, that was myself and Dizza and yeah. our other friend Nelson. I'll yeah. get back to Nelson later. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was walking down King Street mm-hmm. and uh, he was busking. Uh, I didn't give a shit. It was actually the bouncer who said, "Hey, bro." Throw the boy some coins, eh? And actually stopped and listened for a second. He was actually real good. But it wasn't like an instantaneous thing. We just kept bumping into each other. And then, uh, yeah, he just kind of we just kind of became best mates. And then Beaks had a garage. And then that was that. That was that? Yeah. So where did you all, where did the others come into the mix, Seamus? Um, <laughs> well, I know me and Paddy went to school together when we were like in kindy. Yeah. And then I bailed at some point during primary school. Didn't see him for about 10 years. Dog. Yeah. And then I think we were all just kind of growing up around the same area. Let's say Newtown, Glebe. Mm-hmm. Um, Where was Freddie? Freddie was in <laughs> Ashfield. Yeah. I was in the West mm-hmm. Boys. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we'd all like, me and, me and Crabs have been jamming over to mate's place and like in the Arvos and like I made us like, actually Mitchell Bartlett. He's kind of like, he's the guy connected us all, isn't he? I think smoking bongs is what connected us. <laughs> yeah, but Mitchell, now we get some truth. There we go. Because Mitchie was, he was in the band and then he bailed to go to Iron Maiden with me and we were hanging out and so he, he lost the job. Yeah. But he was also like, Crabs is always at Mitchie's house. Yeah, we're all kind of just smoking weed at Mitchie's house a lot. Yeah, weed is like, you know, very common, like, you know, extracurricular activity yes. where yeah. you link after school, Yeah, you know. And things like music come up, I guess, because you start really listening to that shit. Yeah, yeah. The bedroom dreams. The bedroom dreams. And yeah. Like, what what were star. you doing? What was the old school? Because you know, now everyone kind of goes around and, and cues a song. Like, how, were you putting uh, records on? Were you putting CDs on? Saying, so, I've got the next one. Like, how, how how did you kind of get go from the weed to the music? I had, I had vinyls going on my place. Yeah. I did you my, really? Yeah, all my dad's vinyl Fancy. collection. Very bougie. Yeah. Well, he did, <laughs> I just inherited all his old school vinyls, which is just- yeah. Floyd and all the all the old shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he'd kind of sit there and have like a couple of friends who weren't into music and just be like, fuck, shut up. <laughs> Do you guys miss Oxcord politics? Remember that shit at house parties? Like, Oh, yeah, yeah. Like halfway through mm. a song and it's just <laughs> <laughs> hijacking it. By the way, that's a great name for a band, Oxcord, Oxcord politics. politics. <laughs> <laughs> Took me a while to think of it. I like that. Yeah, yeah no, I know. It, it kind of did from, from Napster and everything. It would just change. Like, there was LimeWire and then you were- I used to DJ at a place in Melbourne- and you, you, I used to put like my whole set on a USB, and then that was like I just make sure I didn't lose that all night. And uh, and now here we are, just queuing songs. Add to queue. We did Austin, a we did an after party, didn't we, uh, at Adelaide or something? Because we did all those like after party DJ sets, and we basically did just like YouTube. And so like whenever a song we changed it, we would just stop, and the whole club just went silent. <laughs> yeah, no, and also- we were fighting over which songs to put on, and we just had all these fans that came from the show just looking at us like. <laughs> Yeah, so we weren't even at the level of USB jang. Oh, right. Uh, like okay. yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I read that then, where, where, where I guess that then did the kind of love of music and, and, and hanging out and weed, then go, we can actually, we can play some instruments, we can we can put this together. Like, who was playing what at the time? Like, were you all just trying your hand at everything? Well, Krabs, the band was a four-piece for quite a while, but yeah. then Krabs was the, the one 2B member who actually already had like a bit of a reputation for me, like a really hot- player yeah yeah and he was pretty highly sought after yes and so he was saved my phone for over a decade it's nice to hear yourself being talked about it's lovely it's really lovely (laughs) he was saved in my phone as dazza the keyboard slut because he was (laughs) he was already kind of like mincing about for like over 10 other bands oh really and and like you know like 
like Spit Syndicate, Horror yeah, Show. Yeah, a lot of, of hip hop. Milan Ring. Also around at Annandale Hotel where, you know, all the boys worked at. Yeah. Um, but yeah, go and on. So here's where me and Kravs kind of remember things differently because I remember Kravs <laughs> as being the only member of the band who wasn't quite a member yet who was actually getting paid per show. Yeah, and right. It, it took a lot of convincing to actually get him to become a member. Right. But what, what, my, band, what band, sorry, what, what bands were you tossing up with at the time? Um, well, I was playing with- Playing um, with even. <laughs> yeah, playing with now Milan, Milan Ring. I don't oh, know yeah. if you've heard of her, but um, yeah, she's she's doing very well as a solo. Yeah. But we were in a band together and it was kind of, she was sort of starting to veer off doing her own thing. And I was started, I played a lot more shows with Sticky. I was starting to just kind of enjoy the chaos mm-hmm. a little bit more. It was, you know, it was a lot more fun. But um, yeah, I just wasn't, I was kind of used to getting paid for shows, but- the boys just never paid me, and I think I paid like I think I we played did. like I played like a total of like that is bullshit. I played for <laughs> which is I played bullshit. for a, I played for a total. I reckon there would have been like maybe thirty or forty shows, and our then manager at the time, Neil, was just like, "Oh yeah, yeah, we'll give him a hundred bucks, dude." <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, "Whatever, that's cool." But um, we buy you lunch and dinner. <laughs> Treat you real nice. <laughs> Let yeah. you drive our van. <laughs> so sorry, Patty. You were saying so then. So yeah, he, he, you were paying him for shows and stuff like. So you tried to get him over over the line by yeah. giving him meals. <laughs> yeah. No, but I think what won him over in the end was the least expected thing, which was that we were actually inviting him to be like part of the gang yes. rather than just a hired gun. Right. And he kind of, you know, his heart was. It's warm. Yeah, yeah. Sucker for the romance. <laughs> I think you're, you're a bit worried still about like the simplicity of the music back then because we were pretty shit. And, <laughs> horrendous. Still and, horrendous. And he, and he was, you know, he was leagues ahead in ways. And he was like, I still want to just, you know, just go tucker, tucker, tucker on a keyboard for the rest of my life. I was like, no, yeah, there's but- more to this band, Crabs. You can do whatever you want. You you can lift it up. You can take it other places. I don't, I don't think places. so. Though. I disagree in the sense that, like, maybe musicianship-wise, like actual playing ability wasn't that great. But I think what I could see was that there was like there's a real songwriting genius as well. You know, like even songs like How to Fly and Australia Street, and yep. you know, even what you know, Cyclone. It's just earlier on songs that kind of like it doesn't require a awesome virtuosic player. To come up with these, but you you have to be able to you know write a song, and that was something I think that just happened you know effortlessly with these guys. Effortlessly, how do you, how do you, how um, do you guys traditionally write yeah. write the songs? Like, is is that just you know do you, do you kind of come to each other with stuff that you've been working on yourself, or is it a collaborative thing? I think it's a bit of both. It's like mm. there's no right or wrong way for us to write a song. Um, has it changed over the years? Yeah, has, hasn't it? In some ways, in other ways, it hasn't. Yeah. Like, I don't know, like, if you want to speak more, like, recent times, like, mm. to be honest, for a long time, I used to think that I had to drink booze to to write songs. Right. And then when I spent a year sober last year, I was actually real scared to get back in the studio and start writing again. I thought, like, without, that I wouldn't be able to do it. And I found that that was actually bullshit. Yeah. Kind of thing. It's it's all within you. But, yeah, I don't know. Like, we use, like, vowel movements is pretty big. Yeah. 
if you want to explain that, perhaps the vowel movement technique. Vowel movements. Yeah, you're just kind of singing a melody. Vowel movement. Rather, rather than a vowel. So let's just say you've come up with like Seamus got a riff, like guitar riff, rather than just like, okay, I've got to get a melody. You're going, dee, dee, doo, 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 da, 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 dee, dee. That's a terrible melody, but you know, you're just kind of like. <laughs> you release that one. We could use that one yeah. next album. Yeah. Yeah. You know that one, brother. Dee, dee, I'll time code that for you. But I like to go down to these shops, a new town. And you know, you're just like, you're just trying to come up with words to actually match. Yeah, I love that. So you're kind of, you're not, and and doing that, then you actually, you know, you find words yeah. because a melody isn't just the dee dee, you do da. Jesus, you got to melody. Yeah. <laughs> That's an earworm now. <laughs> it's just doubling down. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Now, but it's the idea that like often what comes instinctually mm-hmm. is often the, the better or best idea. Yeah. And that overthinking it, often like nothing good comes out of it. Sometimes the best song is written in like five minutes. Yeah, of course. And then it, other times it takes five years to figure it out and it's good also. Do you find that with recording as well? Like uh, are you recording a lot uh, like as a full band or are you off separately doing things and adding it to the song later or do you find most of the recordings are almost like you said, like that kind of first take gem that you can't replicate? We're, we're definitely not like a, uh, a fully live recorded band. When uh, We definitely take our, take, your time. take our time. Everyone does their own thing. Separately, and we refine it over the time. Over the sometimes, though, these days, like when you're doing a demo, you want it to be pretty good uh, quality because sometimes, like just that, that energy of the first time you record something is yeah. like it's, you can't ever find that again. And you go into like a nice studio a few months later and just like try to get that energy back. Mm-hmm. You're like, fuck, we were nailed it, eh? A couple months ago, so <laughs> yeah. leave it. Yeah, you know what's nice for like young musicians who are starting out. So I definitely reckon like none of the days where you have to go and spend like twenty, fifty, a hundred grand on like some schmick studio for something to sound fantastic like you can make something sound really good just about anywhere in yeah. your bedroom in your underpants yeah yeah and it yeah. often sounds better that way because it sounds gritty and it sounds real mm. yeah one thing that i still like the sound of though is, is nice drums if you get some nice drums to tape yeah you can like record most of it in your shitty underpants in your bedroom and you get some nice drums to tape on top of that that's fuck that, that's a good <laughs> mashup yeah i like it how being nude is uh theme here. nice of you to put a shirt on crabs yeah. particularly likes being it's cold yeah. out <laughs> it is. So um, I, I was reading that um, you got knocked back for your first kind of shows at the Newtown Festival, but then you came back the year after and headlined the thing. How, how was it going? Okay, so we've got this thing. We, we've got some songs. Then putting that to a live show was that was that work? That, that you oh, we're having oh, a good we're having a really good time. Too good a time. Yeah, having such a good time. And then Newtown Fest was like. We kept like applying and then it's like, nah, knock us back. So then our friends, they had a house on the back, like get backed on onto Camperdown Park. Mm-hmm. And we're like, fuck it. Why don't we just headline the festival from the backyard yeah. and just built this big crate stage and just had this kind of raging party. And just from there, we had this great, great show, great party. And then from there, the, the festival organizers were like, oh, actually, you know what? Maybe these boys should come back next year and actually headline. So, which was cool of them to do. Yeah, like, of course. Like props to them too, because yeah. they could have just said, you know, can I swear? Fuck those guys. Or <laughs> yeah. F those guys, whatever. Um, you but, can say that here. Okay, cool. <laughs> but they, um, but they, um, yeah, but they actually said, like, oh, yeah, these guys are actually pretty sick. And yeah. Yeah. It feels to me as an outsider, though, looking at you and being a fan of yours for so long, that that's almost a sign of what your career's been like. Like you've taken challenges and you've just dealt with them yourself and you've made things work and you've had a tribe that followed you along for the ride. Would that be fair to say? Is yeah. Accurate? I think that's also just a testament to how we toured as well. <clears throat> like Seamus touching on how, you know, how fun it was. Like we, yeah. we would literally get in Beaker's mum's Tarago, mm-hmm. pack it up, 
everyone else is, you know, all our mates are spending their weekends just getting blind, you know, to the local pub, but we're doing it at, you know, Finian's Irish Tavern in Port Macquarie, <laughs> yeah. you know, and like it, we didn't really care about the paycheck. It was just that we're all having a really good time and you'd get sort of five, 10 people that would come along and we'd have a little email list there on a, you know, shitty A4, you know, notebook. Yeah. And, you know, funnily enough, they would bring 20 next time. They would bring 30. And yeah, we just, it was a real organic way to build, you know, a fan base that, that love you for it and have been like some of them are still our closest mates, you know, like Rob Deagles and even people overseas now that we've, you know, so tight with. We were talking about this just yesterday because there's, there's an artist we know, and this is like the more kind of, the more kind of modern idea, I guess. There's an artist that we know who's like, you know, talking about like cancelling a few shows that aren't selling mm-hmm. so well or whatever. But Crabs and my argument, and I'm so shameless as too, is that even if there's just 10 people in that room, yeah. it's our mentality was always like it's worth doing the show and just make and it. But then like it's almost more important to play a really good show because if you play to 5,000 people, the jobs in a way are already done because yeah. they sing every word and yeah. it just, it's almost like they do half the performance. When you play to 10 people, you have to be the best <laughs> yeah. and you have to make sure that you convert each and every one of them into a fan. So next time there's 20 people, then 40, then yeah, the, yeah. the rolling effect. Yeah. It's, it's also like maybe it's an age thing. Maybe if you're a bit younger, like you're not, you're not used to the Virgin Lounge and the, <laughs> you know, the, the quick flights. You just, you just get in that, like that drive up to Brisbane or down on, on the Hume Highway is just like, yeah. that was just our, you know, weekly sort of trip. But, um, Do you find that might be hard if, if young bands are listening though? Like, the the venues aren't just aren't there anymore. Maybe would that be true, or are you you're thinking like, Finian's Tavern's still there, mate? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. There, <laughs> the that's, that's the first place. Oh yeah, yeah. They're all still there. The yeah. Howie Mowie. That was actually a funny one when Beaker just sort of. I think there was a little kid that came out the back and was just like, "Oh, you guys are so cool!" And Beak's loading the the, the amps into the Tarago because Beaks was the one always doing it. And then he's like, "Oh, have you got any advice or anything? Or oh, what's going on?" He's like, "Look, kid, one day you can have all this." Just <laughs> <laughs> point into this shitty Tarago. <laughs> Teal um, blue Tarago. Yeah. 92 Tarago. <laughs> but um yeah, no, I think it's just on that point. You like you've just gotta get from the get go, you've gotta you've gotta get out there and you kinda have you have to enjoy those early on moments. Like it didn't it took us a long time before we got, you know, radio play. Because yeah. we'd already been doing those hard yards, but yeah. it just didn't feel like it. You're having fun. And you learn, I guess, if a song actually is working when you're playing it live. Because it's one thing to do it all in your own head, in your own house, and you're all patting each other on the back, having a good time. But doing time. something in front of other people, I mean, that's what it's about, isn't it? It just made us better, uh, a better band as well. Mm. Like, like I said, we were fucking pretty shit for a while. We thought we were we killing it. We're like, well, I wish we had more crowds. But as we got bigger and had bigger crowds, I'm like, thank God they went around <laughs> 10 years ago. We sucked. True. So what about the, the point in 2013 then getting it into a debut album? So you're getting all this fun and, and playing in front of 10 people and, and working your ring off live to then putting it down and, and releasing your first piece of work, really. Well, it's funny. Fuck. Caress turns 10 next year. That's unreal. Yeah. Wow. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone loves an anniversary on Instagram now, though, so make sure you celebrate that. <laughs> yeah. like, you know, it was 13 years ago since Blah 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 came out. I'm like, okay, sure. <laughs> but you were talking about Newtown Festival before yeah. and like um, ending up headlining the festival. Yeah. Went, and that would have been 11, 12 years ago now. Mm-hmm. And then one of the people in the crowd was um, producer Dan Hume. Right. Ex Evermore drummer and, yeah. you know, key songwriter. And he saw us playing. He came up to us afterwards and, and said, hey, 
Have you got a CD I can buy? And then I think Shameless said, oh, sorry, we're all sold out, which is bullshit. We just didn't have any CDs. <laughs> but then he, he he reached out afterwards and said, oh, like, I'd love to I'd love to have a crack at producing a track or two or whatever. And we were all like, nah. Because at the time we really had this, like this almost extremist DIY mentality where it's like, we, we don't need a producer. We produce our own shit. Yes. We don't even need a click track because just that. <laughs> we do, we do we need a click track. In a, now in a we so band. naive. <laughs> yeah, so no click track, no producers, all the tape, fully live, just do, do it ourselves, blah, blah, blah. But then- Trash. I love that. But then our- <laughs> Losers. Our, our manager, Neil, actually convinced us to, to give him two tracks to, to mix. Yeah. And then he, he mixed Caress Your Soul yep. and Clouds and Cream and he, yep. he sent them back. And uh, we pretty much called him straight away and said, we want you to produce our debut record for us. And that was Caress Your Soul. Mm -hmm. And uh, we haven't not worked with Dan since. We're onto five records now and he's done each and every one of them. So, Oh, that's unreal. Yeah. Thanks, Dan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was it? What, what was going through your head when you heard the songs that he had mixed back at you after you thought to yourself that you could do we're, it all? Yeah, we're like, holy shit, we might actually get played on the radio now. <laughs> <laughs> like, we sound pretty good. What was the song that was played on the radio for the first? It was Caress. Yeah. Was that? Yeah, it was yeah. a funny one because it was. I don't think we saw it as what it became, mm. and we we what, we played it for like a tour, and then we just quickly like anyway. Mm. Let's move on from that one. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't played in yeah, like 10 years probably. We never loved time. playing it live. Yeah, right. I think it's also because we didn't know how to, how to play it live. <laughs> We've always had that. We That's record. The truth. We record like you songs. say you didn't like playing it live, and Shane was like, we didn't know how to. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't really know how to. Yeah. <laughs> the honesty is brilliant. That's why we didn't like playing it. Like, fuck, it sucks. <laughs> Um, what about um, your videos? Because obviously the, the videos are, are, are so important now, even more than when you, when you started out. Um, generally, when a song gets released now, the video is released the same day. It's like part of the package now. But obviously, Australia Street's probably, I would assume, one of your more famous videos. Just for people listening who know that video back to front, tell us about that day because that just looked unreal. Oh, it was, it was well, over, just us a little bit of an insight. You it know? was over pretty quick, wasn't it? Yeah. I was- uh, Or was I, the day three and a half minutes long and then, then we just captured it all? No, I was. <laughs> I had it slept from memory and I was sitting somewhere like, where are you, buddy? I was like, what do you mean? Oh, we've got the- I got the clip today. I was like, of course, yep. <laughs> just dusting some crumbs off on some couch. Like, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Let's do it. And then- um, I can't really remember. Like, I don't know. Obviously, I, after that, <laughs> I feel like Martin Scorsese would probably put his boot in my face for trying to compare Australia Street to Goodfellas. <laughs> yeah, the long but, shot. But, but anyway, you know the long shot in Goodfellas where yes. it's like, oh, we're going the back way, and it's yeah, like, yeah. and that shot took two weeks for Scorsese to film. But like, it came out of a conversation of, oh, what about we try and do like a cool one shot, yeah, clip where it starts here and it ends up there. Mm -hmm. So that was our attempt at. Uh, that yes, <laughs> with all our booner mates. But yeah, around. we we just basically just enticed all, all of our mates with a bunch of booze to come down to Camperdown Park and just bashed it out. I think we did it four or five times where a walk it was like basically Dylan singing to camera, starting in Camperdown Park, and then yeah. walking through King Street through traffic mm -hmm. with a trail of mates behind him, and then ending up um in my place in Buckland Lane where I used to live with Tookie from DMAs. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. Oh, unreal. And uh. Yeah, I think we bashed it up four or five times and we ended up going with take two. I think the first first couple of takes when we went to the house, no one was actually like partying. Everyone was kind of <laughs> yeah. sitting there like- It's always uh, the people at the end that ruined Yeah, it. yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, we've done all this <laughs> great. Yeah. pretty fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But for people who know the area, you don't technically, you're not actually on Australia Street at any point, are you? Well, no. we couldn't We couldn't do it in the amount of time of the song. We realized yeah. we couldn't make it from one house to the other. I just wanted to, just wanted to make it. The song yeah. wasn't long enough, so we had, we had to shorten the walk. Yeah, okay. But there was a bunch of comments who, who were like saying, that's bullshit, like this clip wasn't shot in one take. 
Oh, really? And so we ended up uploading the the original audio file of the walk to prove that. Yeah. Like, yeah, which is pretty funny. Yeah, that's great. Out. Oh, yeah, right. But yeah, then something else happened too <laughs> where we were just about to go and do, I think it was our second European tour mm. and tickets weren't doing so well, especially in the UK. And then Coldplay came to uh, Australia and they- all of a sudden, everyone was blowing up in our DMs and shit saying, oh, like Coldplay have just ripped off your clip. And they kind of almost like replicated the Australia Street clip except walking the other direction. Yeah, it was Sky Full of Stars, wasn't it? That was it, the yeah. The man band. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That was um, yeah. that was great for us, man, because next thing that was like news over in the UK and yeah. um, managed to sell out a couple of shows. So, yeah. Thank from you, memory Chris the- Martin. <laughs> <laughs> from memory, the locals didn't love that one as much, though. You know, they're like, oh, Chris Martin in King Street. Piss off. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you read the room on where the Coldplay fans live. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, tell us about that then. I mean, because you, you do have a huge following overseas. I mean, Freddie, you mentioned it before. Like, how, mm. how did that happen, do you think? Or did that just happen organically? I think it just happened organically as well. Did you just uh, go over there and, and try your hand at showing? Yeah, like, did that come first or did the fans? Come? Yeah, I think so. Like it was mostly in where we were playing in um in Netherlands. There were some real raw gigs there. Hey, I think it's yeah the same thing. Just relentless touring. Like the first time we went over, we all bought our own tickets to get over there. Yep, and we lost heaps of money, but had the best time ever. Just yep. doing. Like all these, all these are random street shows and like fake the music mm. and like through France and just in a little, like, what were we in? This in Zeeburg in yeah. a little caravan park. Yeah. Played some random ass shows, but played like, like a couple of hobos. That's about it in Amsterdam <laughs> one day. Like, yeah, sweet. What part of the world surprised you though in terms of like, oh, these guys are really getting it. I love it. South America, surely. Places South like- South America, yeah. Ch- Chile, Brazil. Wow. Colombia. Yeah. And yeah, that didn't come from touring. I don't know how it blew up there, to be honest. No idea what's going on there. I love live mm. music over there. The that Ole Ole oh, Ole Doco with the Stones going over there and stuff. They are just, they love it. It's a really cool place to. I think uh, there's something may, maybe a lot of artists don't go there. Yeah, like okay. there's, you know, from an industry point of view, I think people kind of struggle to find a promoter that doesn't, you know, rip them off. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's hard to build that connection. We've recently built a pretty good connection with a fellow Gus over in Brazil. Um, and so, yeah, we just did some awesome shows there. Um, but Yeah, that might be true. I heard, I won't mention the band on here, I'll tell you right off air, but the, the big Australian band from the 80s told me once that they were booked to do four shows in Brazil and they were like going to be paid a million dollars. I'm like, great. And after the first show, no money. Second show, no money. Third show, no money. Fourth show, they're like, well, we're not going on until we get paid. And all four members of the band were walked out with machine guns <laughs> in their back <laughs> and they got paid 80 grand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's, that's pretty, sick. That's yeah, dope. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty cowboy over there for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pirate shit. I love that. Um, so, um, what, what was the what's the moment so far then? Where, where you because where, you took took a hiatus in, in uh, 2016. Was it after Westway? Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and fancy then, word for a break. Yeah, that's uh, right. Hiatus is up. fine. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, where, what did you guys do personally, like in that time to uh, to work out? Or did, what did were you playing in other bands? Or you <laughs> we went to Mexico. I like the way you handle things. This is great. You guys are going to Hawaii tomorrow. I love it. It's brilliant. Well, we'd, up, we'd already we'd already been like on holiday for close to a year, and we're like, all right, now now we're going to go to South America and really get to the bottom of it. It's like. You fellas have already been on holiday for an entire year. Like, yeah, we, we have to go on holiday from the holiday. Yeah, of course. And then after, after that, then we were ready to come back and work. Yeah, okay. That is what did it. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. We're just sitting around like, we've got to do something. <laughs> we got to do something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sitting around a pool in Costa Rica like, what are we fucking doing? Yeah. 
Was your first show back um, Bad Friday? Was that your first? That show? was the first time oh, I met I you. Was I was there. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was. We, we rocked up late. Yeah. And it was you and Fitzy and a few other boys, and you were just helping yourself to our rider uh-huh. in our fucking green room. Like, you want a beer, Patty? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? Monty let me in. Monty from the rigs let me in. Monty's oh. good for it. Eh? Yeah, Monty is good for it. He's always in. He's always weirds little way in. He's, he's, a, room. he's a little truffle pig for yeah. a little rider. <laughs> 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 but that was it. Yeah, that was your first show um, back from the hiatus, the fancy world. Yep. How did that feel? Because obviously I was there and it was a m- mad show from our point of view. But how'd that feel for you? Were there nerves? Or was it just because it was in front of, I mean, it's an inner West Sydney festival. So it's, you know, you're in front of a very f- yeah, friendly faces. Pretty local, pretty good fun. When we're not all drinking your beer, we're out there enjoying yeah. the music. <laughs> <laughs> I remember it was actually a slow start. We were wait- I remember waiting. We like, got on stage like, let's do it. Yeah. And then Beaker was like, mate, something, something happened. I wanted to like, just stand there like, all right, five more minutes. That's right. And he's yeah. just my snare drum. Yeah. <laughs> really anticlimactic. Yeah, now, the show felt good because it's run by the Music and Booze Company, mm-hmm. which is Matt and Dan and Jack Rule. Yeah, what a great X, little venue and that no is. hotel. Yes. And we all used to work there, you know, so it was very much like a homegrown show to come back to yeah. as well. And that Bad Friday was actually a festival that I started when I used to work at the pub. Yeah, right. It's like it started because there was Good Friday and technically like all the pubs are supposed to close on Good Friday, but you know, a lot of people want to party on Good Friday because they they got a day off. Mm-hmm. And so I turned to Matt and Dan and said, hey, fellas, do you mind opening the pub on Good Friday? Do you care? And like, nah. And so we started Bad Friday at the Annandale because oh, right. it was the only pub that stayed open yeah, right. during Sydney. So it was a yeah. no-brainer. Yeah, great. Yeah. And so the, when the, well, the one you played at, that was in some kind of little alleyway, wasn't it? In um, it started it started in the pub and then it moved to the alleyway. Oh, right. Okay. And then it was supposed to go on to being in um, Big Park and the King Street. It's called Sydney Callum? Park. Oh, yeah. But then the COVIDs and all that. So, yeah. <laughs> the other one. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> to be continued. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so um, where are you all at now? Like you, the band, the, the band's got now Mount Lekker Boy. There you go. Um, and you're about to, well, I've looked, I've looked at some dates and you've got a, a hectic schedule coming up kind of end of the year into the new year. How do you feel when you look at your calendar and you're like, there's a lot of shows to, to go? Feels good. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. To, it's like after that few years off with David, it was pretty, uh, that was pretty depressing. Like just realizing how much like playing shows is such a big part of our life. So, but what did you guys do during the vid? We wrote the, we wrote the album. Yep. Just like, you used it productively, man. Yeah, we did. <laughs> you didn't go to Mexico again. Well, <laughs> for lockdown. Too, yeah. yeah, yeah. Lockdown in Mexico. <laughs> ah, that'd be good. Yeah. Were you all in, in Sydney for, for COVID lockdown? No, we were scattered around. Me me and Beaks were up in up the coast. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dizzle was down south coast, mm-hmm. like sort of Wollongong, yep. Mount Kembla, the mountains of Wollongong. And then um, you boys are in the east, living it up. Me and Paddy only uh, Sydney boys still. Everyone else. Oh, failed. right. I don't know what these guys are doing. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, it doesn't take fucking 50 minutes to get to the beach as well, you know, so. True. 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 Facts. <laughs> but now we um, got a, we got a, another EP coming out. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Because we ended up writing about 25 tracks, r- recording about 25 tracks for this record, and then how many made it on? 12? Mm. That's usually how it happens. You write about, you know, 20 to 25, and then you just put them on a whiteboard, and then. Yeah, right. Which ones are the. But usually you know, half of them are shit. But but these these leftovers, it's it's a real good batch Happy of leftovers. With the leftovers. Yeah, yeah right. they're hot leftovers. Yeah, yeah. That's then, you eat them happily the next day. That's I, when I, we. I'm calling it. I reckon the EP is gonna be more popular than the record. Oh just, yeah, yeah. Just like Shema said before, it's they're hard to pick. Yeah. Sometimes, like when I think of Cyclone, which is a song that 
doesn't even have a, an official recording. It was just like Seamus and Dizza just playing it over a single mic in the park somewhere in the Netherlands. And it was only available on YouTube for over a decade. That's arguably our most popular song. Yeah, right. And just- You never know, do you? Yeah. No. Those guys are stoked as well. I think they were just filming a bunch of other videos that are notching <laughs> just- up like, you know, 500 views or whatever. And then out of nowhere, it just blows up. <laughs> sure, they're very fucking happy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, you're heading over to Hawaii tomorrow. Yep, exactly. two weeks. Yes, sir. Are we allowed to say that? Um, and you're going together to uh, to get ready for the tour. Is that right, or just to unwind? Or what do you do in Hawaii? Do the Jurassic Park tour, obviously. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a couple of Jeep Wranglers in the mix. Yeah, the Mai Tai Mile. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Pearl Harbor, the Mai Tai Mile. That's the main thing, I reckon. Yeah, and then yeah, usually these holidays do kick you back into gear. You're like, all right, let's yeah get back. And we got um, we've been working with this other artist, Dante Knows. Oh yeah. Um, and it's. I guess he's looking to get his album together, so we'll probably come back and do some more writing with him and get in the studio, get that going. We should yeah. mention that we do have our own label now, Westway Records. Do you? And yeah. Dante's Westway our first signing. Oh, is that, that right? Yeah, oh, that's yeah. unreal. Oh, well, that was that's how we finished the introducing podcast. I was like, do you guys want to introduce us to someone else? So maybe you've already done that. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can yeah, all Dante go around knows. There. That's it. Dante yeah. knows. Oh, Dante awesome. knows. Yeah. And what yeah, was yeah. the catalyst for starting your own label? Just again, the DIY mentality? 100%. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's yeah. interesting because we're always like pretty anti labels and, and now we're kind of like, oh, <laughs> what have we been? What have we Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's just be the label. Big mahogany. But you'll you deal with me now. We are trying to start something different, though. I mean, it's kind of like, um, you know, we did a bunch of writing with Dante just in our studio in Marrickville yeah. and we're kind of like, you know, We've got a little bit of coin coming through the sticky side. And we're like, why don't we just, you know, help a brother out? That's but right. also not just what a traditional label does, which is just, you know, just fund the record or whatever. Yeah. It's kind of like, and we'll promote it as well. But like, we kind of want an active part in, you know, writing it too. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's kind of something that we're looking forward to is is nurturing artists as well from from the get go and and building them up. Um, just get them out there playing, you know, in front of ten people at Irish pubs. Yeah, well, we've got to convince them to do that <laughs> as well. Yeah. That's actually what's happening. Yeah, it's about to go on that tour. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, is there anyone else you'd like to introduce us to? Anyone that you guys are listening to and loving just personally at the moment? That yeah, you don't Gold have- Fang. Yeah. Gold Fang, yeah. He was going to be an Olympic walker yeah. for Trinidad. Yeah. Um, and his dad still holds the, the Guinness World Record for the lowest limbo. Oh, is that right? So following in that lineage, he was going to go be an Olympic walker, but he somehow ended up in Australia making music and it turns out he's also shit on at that too. So, Oh, that's unreal. Yeah. I've I've also made a bit of music with Gold Fang, Fang through my side project, FPOS. Okay. Yeah. Oh, great. So check him out. All right. Seamus, you got anyone? No, nah, that's, that's, the, that's the boys. What about, yeah, what about the Terries? The Terries. Oh, yeah. No, I, just, I just discovered the Terries recently. Yeah. And they're lovely, lovely fellas. And they're, they seem to be on the up. Good. You know when you um you go to those smaller shows like Oxford Arts Factory kind of style, mm. like three hundred people, five hundred mm. people, and you just look and like the energy in a room is just undeniable. Yeah, just everyone's there, everyone's like really part of it. Like yep. when you, I love seeing those shows, and just, it's cool to see the energy. And yep. it reminds me of like our early days when we're playing, and like oh, there's five hundred people here, but fuck, they're into it. Like, yeah, absolutely. Cool. So yeah, it's cool seeing those boys get a room going and make making another album. Yeah. And with the EP, do we have a release date for that yet? Or should we just um, Early year. watch this space? Early yeah, year. I think it's like Jan, Feb. 
Because I, I noticed you've got a lot then. of US, uh, overseas tours and stuff. Any any Australian shows on the horizon? Anything you want to mention before we get out of here? That was the last. We just did it, didn't we? Yeah, but we're asking to come back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is where you live. Next, next on, year, mate. I guess. Next, next year. Next year as in 2023? Yeah. Yeah, there'll be some crap next year. There'll be some stuff. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, boys, uh, pleasure to see you. Um, and thanks so much for coming in. Really appreciate it. Thank, Thank you, Brandon. Thanks for having us, man. Good to see you.